The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The college football playoff selection committee rankings finally make sense, and we have our four in. We'll talk about those four teams that are going to the college football playoff semifinals, and we're going to get into just what news there has been coming out of this, starting with, yeah, Ohio State, Michigan. Let's go. It's the number one college football show. What's up, kids, folks? It's RJ Young. I am not on a step mill. Thank you for watching on the Fox Sports app, YouTube, or listening wherever you get your podcast. I am in Indianapolis where I saw one of the two best teams in college football stamp their 13-0 season looking ahead to the college football playoff, waiting like you for hours to see what the field was. And let's start with number one, which was a no-brainer, right? Georgia. Georgia stopped the mud hole in LSU and walked it dry, 50-30. to 30. Outstanding performance from Stetson Bennett, and that running game had over 250 yards on the ground. The defense is stout. Jalen Carter is a dude. The question is, can any of these three teams we're going to talk about challenge the Georgia Bulldogs for a national championship? And my goodness, yeah, I got takes on that. At number two, Michigan undefeated, had beaten Ohio State on the road in Columbus for what I believe is the best win of the year. They felt like Georgia. They were going to get in regardless of the outcome of their respective conference championship game. And then it got a little bit spicy. Who was going to be at number three was the question we had. I thought it was going to be Ohio State. The college football playoff selection committee said, no, we think it's TCU. And what a win for the Horned Frogs down there in Fort Worth, who are making their first trip to the college football playoff in school history after a fantastic season, going 12-0 in the regular season for the second time since 2010, and then just falling short in overtime to Kansas State in the Big 12 championship game. But we saw what we needed to see from the TCU Horned Frogs, and frankly, from Max Duggan, who was crying after the game, really put his heart out there and showed what we know about that TCU team. They have guts. And frankly, they are the reason we have the suits 
in a boardroom making these college football playoff selection committee rankings. I'm going to tip my hat to them on this. They know how this went down in 2014 for TCU and Baylor, quite honestly, when they were staring at Ohio State, Texas Christian, and Baylor for that four spot. Turned out Ohio State stops a mud hole in Wisconsin and walks it dry. They get the pick for the four spot. They ride that all the way to their last national championship. TCU believed then and does now that if you'd have put them in that fourth spot, that they would have had the same opportunity and gone and won a national championship. Now, in the number three spot, they have a chance. They're going to play the Big Ten champion, Michigan Wolverines, who have been outstanding on the ground and in rush defense. They were able to beat up on a plucky Purdue team without their star tailback in Blake Corum, and without some guys that they are used to having on the inside and the interior, including Mike Morris, who was outstanding all the way up through this Ohio State game where they really did charge to that number two spot and make us believe they are one of the four best teams in college football. And then at number four, the Ohio State Buckeyes sneak in on a USC loss. Doesn't matter to them how they got in. It only mattered that they did get in. So looking at these top four, what do we know? We know that for the first time in college football playoff era, we have Ohio State and Michigan in the same playoff, not unlike 2017 or even 2021, when we had Alabama and Georgia representing the SEC in the same college football playoff. The select committee has really telegraphed for the entire way. We don't really care. If you've not won your division, we don't really care if you haven't won your conference championship. Our job is to put the four best teams into the college football playoff. And I think they got this right. So I also want to talk a bit about what these games are going to be like and who I'm still picking to win the national championship. Let's go to who got left out. Okay, At number five, it's got to be Alabama. It must be said. Now, I have been very vocal about what the hell is Alabama even doing in this conversation. It's not just that they have two losses and a two-loss team has never made the college football playoff. It's who they lost to. So they lost to Tennessee, which many people believed is a very good football team when they had Hendon Hooker and began these rankings ranked number one when they first came out. But they also lost to LSU. And LSU made that loss even worse when they lost to Texas A&M, who's 5-7 just last week, and then got a 50-burger dropped on their skull in the SEC championship. And I've got Nick Saban caping for a team that finished out the season with wins against Ole Miss, Austin P, and Auburn. Austin P is an FCS team. We don't like that in November. We also know Auburn was in transition. They still didn't have a head coach. And we don't really think that Ole Miss is the caliber of team that could challenge for a college football playoff spot. Then you have to take into account what did they do when they were completely healthy and against whom? They squeaked by A&M and they squeaked by Texas. It's not one of Nick Saban's best teams, but it is a 10-win team. And I honestly respect him wanting to stand up for his guys and giving them an opportunity to get into this playoff, which I know he thinks he's doing the right thing there, but we didn't need to see Alabama in this playoff any more than we need to see Clemson in this playoff. And then at number six, I feel terrible for Tennessee because it felt like they are South Carolina went away from being in that four spot that is occupied by Ohio State. If they had not lost to South Carolina State or Starco to South Carolina, not South Carolina State, in the way that they had, we're probably talking about Tennessee being in the spot. And frankly, 
if Hendon Hooker had led them from behind down 18 before he had his season-ending injury, we probably uh, take that that win and we say great things about what Tennessee can do with their back against the wall, like we have against Texas Christian, who has made it their job to play from behind, right? And as we get through these top 25s coming into the coming days, we'll talk more about them. But I want to get right into these CFP semifinal matchups, which are tasty. So Peach Bowl, number one, Georgia versus number four, Ohio State. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I think Ohio State can win that football game. I think LSU showed what Ohio State must do to try to contend with Georgia. And they're already good at that. Throw the ball down the field. Make sure you get the ball into Marvin Harrison Jr.'s hands. Take advantage of Emeka Abuka. Take advantage of Julian Fleming. And now you have time to get healthy. That is the most important part for Ohio State. We have not seen a fully healthy Ohio State since week one. What if they get Jackson Smith and Jigba back for this game and you got him matched up one-on-one with Keely Ringo? You're going to take that. You take that with Marvin Harrison Jr. right now. You take that with Emeka Abuka right now. What if they have a healthy Tradeon Henderson and a healthy Mayan Williams, and now they know they can trust Dallas Hayden, or Dallin Hayden, excuse me. This is outstanding. This is great. You're talking at a team that is fiery. And as Ryan Day has said throughout the week, it's a new lease on life. We have a second opportunity to not just redeem ourselves, but to possibly get to the national championship to beat the one team in the world that Ohio State wants to beat every single time they line up and play. So you could put down that John Cooper narrative. And I might feel some kind of way about that because John Cooper was at Tulsa before he was at Ohio State. But Ryan Day has been nothing but outstanding at Ohio State. And frankly, the only thing that is missing from his resume there is winning a national championship. You're two games from that. You just got to go over the top of the juggernaut that is the Georgia Bulldogs. And frankly... If they are able to beat Georgia, they would show up as the favorite because that's simply not something anybody else has been able to do. Now, it's going to be about Jim Knowles trying to put together a defense that can contain that Georgia running attack and really try to push back that great Joe Moore award, I think, winning uh, offensive line. I, I really think Georgia's got the best offensive line in football, and I know that Michigan's doing what they're doing. But I watched those guys have three different tailbacks back there, and it doesn't matter who's got the ball. They're going to find open lanes for those guys to run through, and you got to be able to stop those gaps. you got to have Tommy Eichenberg coming downhill. you got to have Tanner McAllister coming downhill. you got to have Ronnie Hickman wrapping up people in space. You're going to have to have Zach Harrison and JT Tui-Malo-Al Playing their best football. Mike Hall Jr.'s got to show up for you. Teron Vincent's got to show up for you. You have to have a game of games defensively to give the offense an opportunity here. Because if you start slow, it could be downhill by the time you get into the third, fourth quarter. Because one of the things that I have been really fascinated with these teams that have been playing outstanding football, Michigan and Georgia, is that they are able to lean on you in the second half, unlike any other football team in the entire country because they trust their offensive line so much and they trust their tailback so much. They will continue to be patient and hand the ball to the tailback and say, hey, we're just going to say that it is hard for you to get pounded on down after down after down and us not take your will to fight back. And that's exactly what Michigan has done and what Georgia has done. And Ohio State's going to either have to get out in front in a hurry or they're going to have to establish their own rush attack and Get outstanding defense to win this game. The line I'm looking at right now is six and a half to start. I expect that to close 
because there's a lot of Buckeye fans that wanted this matchup and feel like they have a great chance to unseat the defending national champion, Georgia Bulldogs. Number two, we have the Fiesta Bowl, right? Michigan versus number three. That's, I think, the dunker spot for TCU. Because as much as I am happy for Texas Christian getting into the college football playoff, I'm looking at them and I'm going, if you are behind against this team, I don't think you're going to be able to match Duggan your way into a win. I don't know that you're going to be able to just chuck it downfield. I watched Will Johnson have two interceptions and one half of football. I watched Charlie Jones go off. I watched Aiden Connell go off. It didn't seem to matter because they are not going to let you get into the end zone. And if you do what you did against Kansas State and you're on a third and goal, fourth and goal, and you don't want to hand it to Max Duggan, I'm going to question what Sonny Dykes is really thinking about there because that is the heart and soul of your team. It really is about getting those matchups, though, for them to go. So as much as we don't talk about it, TCU's got the best wide receiver core that we just don't mention. I know everybody is up on Quentin Johnston, and they should be. Six foot four, can high jump six seven, might be the second best wide receiver available in the upcoming NFL draft. But they lose Savion Williams. They lose Darius Davis. They lose my favorite in Tay Barber, who reminds me so much of Brandon Cooks. And when that offense is humming right along and Garrett Riley has it going, they're going to find those guys deep. They're going to hand the ball to Kendra Miller. They're going to hand the ball to DeMarcado. And they're going to try to score quickly and in bunches. Very, very excited to see Sharon Moore on the other side of Garrett Riley. Very excited to see Jesse Minter on the other side of Joe Gillespie. It's going to be a fun fiesta bowl. One note to get back to that Peach Bowl real quick is, Somehow Georgia keeps getting these home games that matter, right? Because that's a game in Atlanta. Athens is about an hour away, right? We saw what happened the last time they had a game in Atlanta earlier this year. They stopped a mud hole in Oregon and walked it dry. Set the tone for the rest of the season. That is going to be difficult for Ohio State to overcome, but I expect Ohio State fans to show up in mass and to try to make themselves heard. Maybe... We'll talk about what the fans might be able to do or might not be able to do, frankly, to give their team an edge in this. But I'm very excited about these college football playoff semifinals, and we'll talk more about those on the number one college football show. We have our New Year's Six set, and I'm excited about these as well, man. Look, the Rose Bowl is going to feature Pac-12 champion Utah versus a Penn State team that's got two losses, but their two losses are two teams playing in the college football playoff, all right? They have a loss to Michigan at Michigan, and they got a loss to Ohio State in Happy Valley. However, they have one of the great freshmen in all of football. Nick Singleton has been outstanding for them. Katron Allen has been outstanding for them. And now you know what you're up against. I wonder now just whether or not Penn State is going to be able to battle in the trenches, though, against Morgan Scali and that Utah Utes defense. They come downhill. They hit hard. They like playing physical football. As a matter of fact, Utah is the closest thing to a Big Ten team on the West Coast. That's just how Kyle Whittingham wants to get down. And quiet as it's kept, Cam Rising was hurt last year in that game against Ohio State. If he is healthy, we have our reservations about whether or not Ohio State pulls out that win. I expect him to be healthy and finish this game against Penn State. Can't wait to see what that looks like for Utah because, my goodness, what a way to stamp your season with a Rose Bowl win against the third best team 
in the Big Ten, especially as you just beat a team that's going to join the Big Ten in USC just a couple of nights ago. Very excited about that. The Cotton Bowl is going to feature Tulane versus USC. Tulane Green Wave have had their best season since 1998. They won a conference championship against UCF just on Saturday. They are loaded up to go at a USC team that really is trying to lick its wounds. Maybe Caleb Williams will be healthy for this. We'll have to wait and see. But I have my reservations about whether or not guys like Jordan Addison will play. I want to know whether or not these guys that are draft eligible think that playing in the Cotton Bowl is a very big deal. I'm from Oklahoma. Playing in the Cotton Bowl is a tremendously big deal. So I would like to think that they'll show up. But if they don't, leave it to Willie Fritz and the Wave to show USC what the beach really do. Because that team from New Orleans has just been popping off. Remember, they knocked off the Big 12 champions in Kansas State earlier this year. And they've had a dramatic turnaround. They go from 2-10 and 10 last year to double-digit wins this year, making a New Year's Six Bowl appearance. USC is looking for win number 12 in a New Year's Six Bowl game. That's outstanding Lincoln Riley's first year. I expect them to only get better. He would be right to say this might be the worst class that I have, and they won 11 games and played in the Pac-12 championship in his first year. This is also an opportunity for them to throw down a marker going into 2023. Very excited to see these two teams clash. And then in the Orange Bowl, we got the Battle of the Orange. Clemson versus Tennessee. My goodness. All right. So Clemson, to me, looked dead in the water. And then they show up to UNC. And they beat them in the ACC championship 39-10. to Cade Klubnick has a game of games. Goes for over 300 yards, right? Basically forces the issue with DJ Uwe Ungalale. And I got to say, it's got to be Cade Klubnick's team now. We're going to get to see what that looks like against Tennessee. And frankly, one of the tooliest and most athletic and talented players in all the sport, Joe Milton, I hope is going to play in this game because that's exciting to me. That's an outstanding dude that has an opportunity to show the NFL, hey, man, I got Josh Allen type of talent, too. I can throw a football over them mountains. People have a hard time tackling me and bringing me down. And for him to do it against a West Goodwin defense would only be so cool to watch. Now, Tennessee is also in transition, right? Offensive coordinator Alex Golesh has become the new head coach at South Florida. I expect that he would love to coach in this game, but I wonder – with these transitions going on, what, how does that affect you in Knoxville, right? Having guys that also want to play in the NFL, how does that affect you in Knoxville against a Clemson team that really is loaded up to try and go win this game and remind folks that, yeah, we might have had a down year, but a down year for us is double-digit wins, all right? Tennessee also is trying to finish its best season, I believe, since 1997. Just outstanding stuff for them. Very excited for what Josh Heupel can do going forward and what the setup for the Volunteers might be in 2023. A win in the Orange Bowl against the class of the ACC would be wondrous. And their sixth-ranked win in an outstanding season, 2022. The Sugar Bowl will feature Big 12 champion Kansas State versus Alabama. All right, so the last time that I saw Alabama playing in a Sugar Bowl that they didn't really want to play in, was against an Oklahoma team led by Trevor Knight that they were supposed to stomp on. No, 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 no. Trevor Knight, Sterling Shepard, went to work on Alabama as Alabama showed up going, I don't know that we really want to play in this game, and it showed. 
It's still a Sugar Bowl. You still got to want it. Is Bryce Young going to play in the Sugar Bowl? That's a very good question to ask. And if he doesn't, and you have to go with my man Jalen Milrow, a love him to death, but he has to grow up in a hurry if you want to beat a sound, disciplined Kansas State team. And the way that Will Howard has been playing of late, I just am so floored by that guy's come up, right? He went from a dude that I didn't trust to throw the football to a wide-open barn door to becoming one of the better quarterbacks, not just in the Big 12, but in the sport itself. I have my reservations about Deuce Vaughn and what he may or may not do in this game, but knowing what I know about Deuce, I'd be shocked if he doesn't want to play in the Sugar Bowl and try to finish this outstanding season for the Wildcats. Also, shouts to Colin Klein, who gets to coach in the Sugar Bowl against a Bill O'Brien, against a Nick Saban, after having been head coach at Kansas, or excuse me, at quarterback at Kansas State just 10 years ago, the last time that they had an outstanding Big 12 championship and were playing in a New Year's Six Bowl game. We're going to find out a bunch about who wants to play the sport of college football and who wants to, you know, go get paid in the NFL, which is great, and I'm, I'm all for that. But bowl season now, especially as we're getting into New Year's Six Bowl, are about your pride. They're about my pride. They're about fan pride. We're going to take these wins with us into the offseason, and that's why they matter so much, apart from what the college football playoff is going to do. So did the committee get it right? I think at the top four, top five, top six, absolutely, right? I've been dunking on them all year. I did not believe that they would entertain Alabama as a number four team, and apparently it did not even come up. As soon as USC took a loss to Utah in the Pac-12 championship, they saw what we saw which is, okay, Ohio State has shown us enough that we believe it's one of the four best teams in college football, and they weren't even talking about avoiding the Ohio State-Michigan game in the playoff, or semifinals, according to Boo Corrigan, which I thought was outstanding, because that also means they had already vaulted Texas Christian to three, or I should say they left them at three, no matter what they did against Kansas State, which is the talk going up to the Big 12 championship game, but I don't like talking about college football and or Big 12 title games, Big 10 title games, conference title games as if they don't matter because, my goodness, I would hang the banner and I'd love to. And if you're a TCU Horned Frog, all five of you, I am so excited for you to be able to have that experience. Now, what games am I most excited for? My goodness, I've been one Ohio State, Georgia for, it feels like, four years now. Now, I have some history myself with Georgia, right? I watched Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma try their best to unseat that team in a playoff and maybe be the team that could beat Alabama for a national championship. Didn't go that way for us, right? However, I've been on Ohio State from the moment go this season. I believe that they could win a national championship and they could still make me right. I saw a team that when it is humming right along is extremely difficult to stop. And what they have going for them is when they do find their rhythm, they score in a hurry. It doesn't take a lot. They might just need one or two sparks from their defense. Maybe it's a JT Tui Maloal who gets his hand on a pass that begins this avalanche. Maybe it's a Travion Henderson that can hit a home run against a no-name Georgia defense. Maybe it's a Marvin Harrison Jr. that is going to show us all why he is a Blitnikoff Award finalist. I really like this game, but I also I love watching Kirby Smart coach a defense, man. He is rowdy, and he wants to get after it. That defense is so much fun to watch. I'm going to be interested to see what, if anything, that Ohio State offensive line can do with a guy like Jalen Carter, who might be a better defensive lineman than Jordan Davis. And that is saying quite a bit. But let's hope that he is healthy, ready to go for that game. Everybody's getting a heal up here. 
extremely excited for Texas Christian in Michigan because I want to see what TCU does now that it feels like we're the only people that expect them to be playing with house money, but they're going to show up looking to win a national championship. Do you think, or do I think, we're headed for a rematch of Ohio State versus Michigan national championship? Yes, I do. And I would love nothing more than to see the teams that hate each other the most playing for a national championship and absolute bragging rights, especially knowing Michigan's gonna go, Michigan is going to show up there having won the last two Big Ten championship games, right? And having beaten Ohio State twice the last time that they lost to Ohio State. My goodness, we had not seen a thing called, what, the pandemic? Like, that's, that's ridiculous when you think about it. But we didn't get that game in 2020. And since then, Michigan has lorded over the Big Ten. But what if Ohio State gets to show up and say, okay, cool, you've won the Big Ten the last couple of years, but who's got the national championship? I'm here for it. I would love this. I know what it means to Michigan to be in the spot. I know what it means for Ohio State to be in the spot. And I know that you, dear neutral, are going to be looking at these games going, yeah, okay, I'm here for this because that person over there can't stand that person over there. And that person over there can't stand that person over there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Let's see if we can get there, though, because it's still Georgia, and it's still a college football playoff for Michigan. Okay, we're going to do a coaching carousel show. We're going to do a transfer portal show. We're going to have lots of goodies for you as we go into the postseason. Be sure to check out Fox Sports, where my buddy Michael Cohen has written about the Pac-12 championship and the Big Ten championship. I wrote about Deion Sanders. I also wrote about my top 25, and I will be writing as we go about every single bowl game that is being played. You can find that all on Fox Sports. My goodness, I'm so grateful to be in this spot, and I'm so grateful to be working with the crew that puts on the number one college football show. The work that they put in just to get this show out to you is monumental and means the world to me. I hope it means the world to you. Okay, our lead producer is Tyler Wojak. Our senior producer is Katherine Donnelly. Our director of photography is Ava Yeh. That is Chaz Boulay directing us tonight. Gabe Gross-Sable brings us to live. Social Media Maven is JV on Duncan. I'm the host, RJ. We will see y'all in a couple of days. Deuces.